Welcome to Align and Hustle. I'm your host, Kathy Spence, photographer, entrepreneur, and brand strategist. Each week, I'll bring you inspiring conversations that will help you expand your mind, align with your purpose, and take action towards creating a life you love. Are you ready? Let's do this. Well, hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Align and Hustle podcast. I hope you are doing fabulously well. It's April. I'm excited. A new month, spring, finally. (laughs) So last week, my intro was quite long. (laughs) So this week, I am going to keep it short and sweet. I have been focused a lot on the power of intention. I touched on this last week in the intro about... um, my intention for myself, for the show, for you as a listener. And I'd like to encourage you again, if you have anything that you would like to learn about or hear about on the show, please feel free to DM me. I love hearing from you and I read all of your DMs. And as I have been very focused on my intentions this week, I came across this beautiful passage by Oprah that I'd like to share with you. We are all here in collaboration with each other and the universe to reach the highest expression of ourselves as human beings. We are at our best together when we create the space to allow transformation and growth in harmony with others. As we elevate ourselves, we inherently elevate others. Have you heard that saying, a rising tide lifts all ships? That brings me to my guest today. My guest, Jen Buck, is one of those rising tides. Jen is a motivational keynote speaker, coach, podcast host of the Her Story Collaborative, nonprofit founder, and author. She empowers women to own their magic and face their fears. We chat about collaboration over competition, building community, lifting each other up, the power of brand, and being brave enough to live authentically. This is a powerful conversation. I am so excited to share it with you. So without further ado, let's dive in. Here is my chat with Jen Buck. So Jen, I'm so happy that you agreed to come on the show and chat with me today. I am so drawn. Well, I found you on Instagram, to be honest. I I came across one of your inspirational posts and I thought, this is so strange because what I was reading in the post is how I was feeling. And Mm -hmm. I felt like you were really connecting and hearing me and inspiring me with your words. So I did a little bit of digging. As we do. (laughs) Well, I don't want to use the word creeping, but I did a little bit of digging and I found out that you are this amazing human who just is all for empowering women and boosting women. You're a keynote speaker. So Mm -hmm. I gave a little bit of an intro to for the listeners, but Mm -hmm. I'd like to hear from you. Can you talk about who you are, who, what you do and who you help? Yes, absolutely. So first of all, let me just say, I love when a post lands because every one of my posts that I put out on any social media platform or whatever, they're very they're very personal to me. Like I take the time to create them or find them or, you know, get all the words going and I never really know who they're meant for. And it makes me so happy when I hear someone say like, it felt like that was for me. And I, I really truly believe that as a vehicle on some level, whether it's art 
or it's writing or it's, you know, helping one another, whatever it is. I think that there is that inspiration. The message isn't always just for me. You know, it is if I'm listening for others. And I really believe that sort of universally. So I love that you said that because it always feels so good to me when something lands and somebody feels like, oh, that's mine. That's me right now. You know, it's so like, I love that. But honestly, like there are more than just one time where you're, it's like I needed to hear it at that moment or I needed a reminder. And it just, it just resonates with my whole soul. And I've never found an account that, um, that has done that before. Like, you know, there are those quotes that you hear and, oh yes, yes, that makes sense. And, but yours, your words for some reason just resonate so deeply with me. And I really am so grateful that we had this chance to connect for that reason. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you for that so much. Well, as you had mentioned, I'm a keynote speaker. I've been a trainer for years and years. It's, it's, actually incredible when I think about how long I've been doing this literally my whole life uh, since I was in college. And so I speak to women and I didn't always speak to women and I don't always speak to women. I have to say that, that, you know, there are lots of audiences like today, actually I have in a couple hours, I have an event that is for men and women, you know, mm-hmm. but I, I realized a few years ago that I, I am so moved and in alignment with speaking to women that I, I can work, I can work till my fingers are bleeding if I know that I'm working in the right space. And I, I, I feel that when I'm working with women. So I have been a trainer and keynote speaker for, well, a keynote speaker for 24 years. This is how I make my living. And I was on the women's conference, uh, the national U.S. women's conference for eight years. So mm-hmm. going to a different city every day with a huge team, you know, and, and, and doing these different events. And so that was when, when I really started to look at when I was my happiest in my career, it was when I was on the women's conference. And so a few years ago, I just decided to realign and rebrand and figure out how can I get back to what I loved the most? And it was really about making sure that I was back in that space, serving, lifting, amplifying women. And so that really was a conscious decision to go back to that after working with mixed audiences for years, which I still love and I still do. But what really lights my soul on fire is, is speaking to women. So do you feel that you're aligned with your calling and that's why these words and the things that you say are from your heart and then they just resonate and you're pulling people towards you because you've built such a powerful, strong personal brand. Can you, can you touch on that a little bit? Yeah. And I, so I'm in, incredibly intuitive. So what I mean by that is that I I listen a lot to the messages that I get and whatnot, you know, and I'm not, I'm not reading palm leaves or tea leaves or whatever it is that, I'm, you know, it's none of those things. Palm leaves is not a thing. I don't know where that came from. Oh, reading palms and mm. reading tea leaves. I there mix them. Yeah. So anyway, I, I'm, I'm not saying that I do that, but I do listen intuitively to sort of the messages that I get and whatnot. And so I feel like when I'm working with women and when my message is clearly for women, and I know that I'm in the pocket, I absolutely do feel like I'm downloaded. You know, something's being downloaded into me. I've had people ask me within minutes after to repeat what I said, I have no idea. And yet they, they just said that it was so impactful. They needed me to state it again. And that's when I realized something 
is definitely happening here. There's a channel that opens, there's a, and again, I'm not trying to be religious or I'm not trying to be necessarily. No, no. This is very interesting to me. But something happens, something happens and I can't repeat it. Now this isn't always, but it's a lot. And it's an amazing thing, you know, that when I'll be speaking about something and I'll use an example and literally there will be people in the audience who had that exact thing, a a father die within X amount of, you know, within a month and they're dealing with this and they're taking it all on or whatever it might be. And boom, sure enough, the minute I'm done, someone comes up and says, my dad just died. I've taken it all on. He just passed away four weeks. And all of a sudden I realize, okay, the message is finding its home. And that's kind of what I was referring to earlier is that I think that when we're in alignment with what our calling is, and and I always say, you know, that we've been We've been given talents to carry, and those talents are meant to be used to take people to another level, whatever that looks like, another level in a relationship, in their skill, in um, their happiness, whatever it is. And so I think when you're in alignment, there is something wonderful that occurs. You lose time because you're so involved in loving it so much. You sometimes even, you know, sort of forget the world around you, all of the, the the heavy backpacks you've been carrying because you're so totally in that zone. So that's, that's how I feel, you know, when I'm, when I'm working with women and I'm speaking from very large stages, that's how I feel. So do you feel that that also played a part in building this community that you have? I do. You know, I, one of the things that I speak about on a regular basis, actually, there are a, a couple of things here, a few things, but one of them is radical authenticity. Mm, and okay. This is, <laughs> this is my jam. I love is it. Oh, yay. <laughs> okay. So that. you can talk about this all day long. <laughs> okay. Very cool. Very cool. I, so I, I think that radical authenticity is needed to get into the zone of your purpose. I, I just think it's necessary. You have got to be radically authentic. You've got to be able to say no. You've got to be able to establish boundaries. You've got to be able to be, and here's the other another part of the whole mix. You have to be willing to step into your deep bravery. And your deep bravery is the stuff that paralyzes you. It's the stuff that brings up every trigger and, and fear and insecurity that you have. And in order for us to do that, we have to practice, you know, being empowered and authentic and having tough conversations and stepping into the muck and the scariness. So the idea is that for me, I have decided in my social space, in my life every day from a stage in front of 30,000 people, whatever it is, I need to be radically authentic. And sometimes it's not maybe, and I'm going to use the word, but take this very loosely. It's not politically correct, you know, and I don't mean that I would ever, I fight on the right side of right. So I really believe that I'm, I'm, I am a stellar human that puts human beings in their rights first. So please don't read into that. When I say political correctness, I'm not saying I talk about politics and I'm not saying that I, I go against like basic humanity and, and rights, but, but you pull, do, you do push some buttons. I, I, I do, because the truth is I say how I feel. What I'm trying to say is I don't go on stage and speak about politics, but I do go on stage and I do sometimes tell stories that are going to make me weep because it still is so important and impactful. Um, I don't, I don't confine myself, whether it's in social or from stage, I don't confine myself to being 
perfect and pristine and everything shiny and, you know, making sure that there aren't any sharp edges. I'm just me. And I'm, I'm just constantly practicing my own radical authenticity, which by the way, means that I'm not always chipper and I'm not always holding my tongue or I'm not always, um, happy go lucky or whatever it is. You know, I'm just, I'm just being the best me I can be every day. And sometimes I have a down day and I say, okay, everybody, I'm having the crappiest day because ABC and I'll just put it out there. And so that radical authenticity is hard, but I practice it every day too. So I really believe that I walk my, I I walk my talk, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so I have some clients that struggle with this because when you're building a personal brand and you are showing up for yourself, for your business, Mm -hmm. and you're putting yourself out onto social media, a lot of a lot of people misunderstand what is meant by being radically authentic. They think, you know, it's time to just be the raw and real. And they're, they're worried about if they, if they show parts of their personality that it might, you know, turn off some clients. And I'm really big on if you put yourself out there in your, and embrace all aspects of you, it doesn't mean you have to air your dirty laundry online. Right. But it means that, you know, you, you show up as your whole self. Yeah. But there's still, I don't know, maybe it's, is it women? Is it just that, you know, in the corporate that, that are coming from corporate life feel like there are still some rules and boundaries about needing to be this, you know, fall into this professionalism and yeah. can, can you give your thoughts on that Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. And you've got your finger on something too, because look, we have not at all achieved parity in the business world. Mm -hmm. We have more women that open up businesses. We have women who actually keep their businesses open longer than men. Mm -hmm. We kill it in the entrepreneurial space, but we still have less than 20% of women who sit on boards, less than 20% of women who are in you know, CEO, COO positions Mm -hmm. in, at least in America. And so we haven't arrived. It's when I walk into a board of directors and I see that there are mostly women and I'm a part of it, I think, yay, well, Mm -hmm. I shouldn't, right? I shouldn't. So I'm taking all of that and saying that when we really achieve parity and we really do have equal parts power among all participating, you know, parties in a, in a, conversation in a boardroom, in a team, in, in whatever it might be in the world. I think women will feel more comfortable with that, feel more comfortable saying, no, I don't No, I won't No, I don't appreciate. I won't allow, you know, Mm -hmm. those are things that, that we can do very, very easily in our families and in our homes and, and within our friendships. But when it comes to doing that publicly because of a brand, we become very nervous and very afraid. And for me, I had, and, and I'm, listen, I'm radically authentic and I am a brave warrior, truly, but I still get scared. You know, mm-hmm. I still, I still get that feeling in my stomach that says this might not land well, you know, this might not go well. So I still want anyone listening to know that there's, yes, there's still fear. It still happens. Right. But I've learned to navigate through that and recognize it. Thank you that intuition telling me that this is a scary one, but also know that I've prepared well enough and moved, you know, and I'm able to move through it. But what I was going to say is 
a few years back, I decided that I was going to merge different areas of my life. So real quickly, I have my speaking persona, which was very squeaky clean. You couldn't find anything controversial about me. I spent, so I've been doing this 24 years. So I spent, you know, 20 of them, maybe even 21 of them being so squeaky clean, clean online that you wouldn't see an opinion you about politics. You wouldn't see anything remotely close to that. You wouldn't see any curse words. You wouldn't see anything that was remotely outside of perfect. So I had a brand that was squeaky clean and I even had two different names. I had the name for my speaking world, which was Jennifer Curte because I was married and that's what I started speaking under and my books were under that and it was squeaky clean. And then I had this other part of my life, which was long divorced. And I had gone back to my, my maiden name, Jen Buck. Mm-hmm. Everyone in my personal life knew me as Jen Buck. I'm incredibly involved in our city and, and county and state in terms of politics and civics. I'm very, very connected. I've got a nonprofit. I work on campaigns. So I've got this whole other world. But here's the thing. It's all under Jen Buck. So here I am trying to get women to be authentic and I had this huge divide in my world where I was going as Jennifer Curte, the squeaky clean businesswoman, and Jen Buck, who gets her hands dirty in, you know, civic stuff and speaks out and I'm in the news and I'm willing to go there. So here's the deal. A few years ago, I decided I can't do this anymore. I am one person. And by not being fully who I am, authentically who I am, I'm one, not living my values, but two, I'm also not a great example, right? Mm. For what I needed to be. And so I can tell you that it was scary. It was scary to come out and say, this is who I am. All of my warts. This is yes, where you'll find me if you want to go digging further, talking about something that you might not like politically, you know, this is who I am. But I understand that my brand is for women who are between 24 and 45. I'm sorry, 25 and 46. I understand that I've got a sassy brand. I've also got a funny brand and I've got a brand that's that's deeply committed to helping women succeed, amplifying trailblazing women. So all of those things are better because I am a sassy trailblazing woman who's been willing to put myself out there, right? So mm-hmm. the only reason the brand has worked is because I finally said, by shedding all my own fear, I'm stepping in and this is who I am inside and out, wherever you decide to dig, this is who I am. So and you were fully owning it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when that, when you actually stepped into that and you merged those two, cause that must've been hard for you to be like Very. two people really. Very. Mm-hmm. And how they, how no one made a connection. Did anyone ever make a connection going from one to the other? No. And here's another thing that may be kind of interesting to you. I, so I even did some television hosting um, for about 10 years. I had a radio show in LA and did some television hosting. It was always sort of D-list. It never, I never really made it, but I did red carpet interviews all the time. It was sort of a regular thing, um, did a pilot for a TV show. So that was even a different name. I went by my first name and middle name, Jennifer Elise, because I, oh never, wanted to, <laughs> I never wanted to get the brands mixed up. Okay. I understood the power of brand. And if people in the Hollywood world saw me as a motivational speaker, 
for women, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't take me seriously. If the speaking world saw me as a television host on a red carpet, they wouldn't take me seriously. So I was really clear on separating the brands, right? And Mm -hmm. But yes, it was very hard to live separately. And mostly though, it felt, it didn't feel like I was fully authentic and stepping into like, like, this is the wonderfulness of me. I've done Mm -hmm. some really killer things in my life. And I've been afraid to talk about them, right? And so and there's so many facets of you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it really felt freeing for me to say, and, and trust me, I lost a lot of followers. Uh, I lost some clients who did the digging and didn't like what they found out. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Because weirdly, as soon as I decided to merge all things, <laughs> whatever that is, merge all things, my my, I guess, followship will say that my interactions, my engagement, my, my requests for help, all of that, everything exploded. exploded. That was my next question. Did you see growth once you embraced all aspects? Yeah. Huge. I mean, I I don't, so this is really silly to say, but I remember having 874 followers when I decided to make this big announcement that, you know what? Hi, I'm Jen Buck. All of that stuff, it's all me. But now this is the, this is, you know, the rest of me. Mm -hmm. And I remember losing people, but then all of a sudden, you know, like within a year or two, maybe a year or two, you know, it's just, it's a totally different ball game now. And literally up to 7,400 people that follow me on one platform. Like that was the the change, you know, 800 people to 7,000. I mean, because of that sort of bone, you know. It could, I, because you were being real, right? Yeah. The, and it's, those words resonate with people mm-hmm. and those, they really, I think in this time with social media, when you're just letting bits of yourself show, I think mm-hmm. it, I think people sense it. I do too. I do too. So when you were actually stepping into all of you, it just kind of, you just started to radiate. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, people get that. We, we like people who are just free. We like people who are, I don't mean to interrupt, but do you know Celeste Barber? No. OMG. She is, I can't believe I said OMG. Can you tell I have yeah. a 16 year old yeah, uh, right, 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 right. Teen that I've been hanging out with for a year <laughs> nonstop? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she is an Australian comedian and she has 7 million followers on Instagram. And what she does, she embraces all of herself and she takes these memes or these clips of supermodels like walking down runways <gasps> or in the beach. And then she'll, she'll shift to her. I know who she is. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Love, love, love. She is so fantastic. Yes. I love her. She makes me laugh. She, I just, I'm just gravitate. Like she, I just gravitate towards her and yeah. 7.7 million others obviously do too. <laughs> yes. Her stuff goes viral and it's hysterical when you see the, the modeling shots, like the model versus the reality, you know? Yeah. And I just love her. She's so Oh my gosh, authentic and funny and wonderful. Yeah. So when you were building, okay, so now you've stepped into your full power. Yeah. What when you're what can you share with the audience on things that you realized that took you from those, not just stepping into all aspects of you, but were there things that you did? 
that also grew that community for you? Was there, do you have a, any tips on, on building, building a strong personal brand that you could share? You know, I think that part of what helped me in this process was acknowledging that I had some pretty major fears and I, I literally wrote them down and started to figure out how do I break through the fears? And here I always thought I, I was pretty strong and, and I was out there, but I had fears. I had fears of people seeing me look less than perfect. I had fears of people finding out who I was in, you know, like my political life. It's not like I'm burning down houses. It's nothing like that. But for instance, I'm involved in, I have a nonprofit for, for asylum seekers. That's a hot button for people, right? For me, I'm helping people who are claiming and getting granted asylum, but for others they are like, what are you doing bringing these people into our country? So it's a hot button, right? And so I had fears that people would would find out about that and and be I don't know what you know just but but basically what I'm getting at is I wrote down all of my fears whether they were really silly and really minor or really big and radical and this is before I made the merge I mean I had to really identify if I was if I was doing the right thing here because I had 20 years worth of a brand that was really clean, right? Mm-hmm. And a name that by the way no one in the entire country has. I was the only person with that name in the country. So I developed a brand. I had a name that no one else has by the entire census. Really? Yes, really. Really. And so that that was a huge decision for me. Jennifer Curte was a it was a name. Like mm-hmm. you, you weren't going to find another. And so I had to really think about this. And so What I try to tell people is that as much as it sounds silly, and our moms told us when we were young that, you know, writing a pro and cons list, that kind of thing, but really looking at things pragmatically and deciding, is it worth whatever I might lose? You know, is it worth me potentially losing it all? And there's another side of this. Am I willing to live with how bad it's going to, it could potentially get? And so I try to, as much as I, I want to be, you know, emotional and I come at things very spontaneously and I'm, I'm very much sort of a live wire. If you want to know anything you ask and I'll give you the, you know, answer anytime, but I also needed to be really pragmatic and methodical about this because it was a brand that was working and it was appealing and it was getting me work for 20 years. It, that is all I had ever done for my career was this, even though I did all the, you know, the little other stuff like the nonprofit or the the television hosting, those were hobbies or those were fun or those were filling my other, my soul in another way. But my career was around this brand. So I think what matters most to me is showing up as myself every single day. But I also had to know that even though I love to do that, I had to be practical about how I approached this. And so it was looking at my fears. It was identifying whether I could get over those fears, how detrimental those fears could be. If it were to bring about the worst case scenario, could I live with that? And so it was important for me to look at things strategically. As silly as it sounds, it is my business. I'm talking about me and I'm talking about like names, which seems really simple, but it was really important for me to recognize that this is all connected to this living, breathing brand that 
had kept the roof over my head and the lights on for 20 years, which is really valuable, right? So So can I ask what was, was there one thing that was the pivotal um, pro on the pro list? Yeah. The the most important thing is that I needed to be free of a secret. And I felt like I was always keeping a secret. I was always with these two names, three names, if you want to think about the hosting, (laughs) I was always keeping everything so separate. And it would be funny because if it would squeak out sometimes with a client that I had done this television hosting, they'd say, we looked you up and we couldn't find you anywhere. And then I'd say, okay, well, here's why. I mean, it just became so laborious. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is insanity. I, I am the person that's speaking. I'm the person with these ideas. I'm the person that creates. I'm the person that's on the stage. This is just a name. This is insanity. And so I started to realize that the power of the brand was not connected to the name. The power of the brand was me. And it was my authenticity. And did I have to sort of recreate a little bit? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it was really about me being tired of being the keeper of this secret, that everything was branded with different names mm-hmm. and it was just getting hard to juggle and it didn't feel authentic anymore. And it also- it sounds exhausting to me. It was exhausting. Mm-hmm. And it also was not in alignment with one of my key components of my business, which is radical authenticity, right? And that, so, that's what did it. So you say that your your business is, is so are you mostly- still motive speaking and the radical authenticity is the tangent that you take through all your, your keynote. Yes. So if, even if I'm talking about branding, so for instance, uh, tomorrow I've got a keynote on branding. Mm -hmm. And so that is a key, uh, that is a, a key tenant that runs through branding. I've got another thing I'm doing next week that is about women's empowerment. That, that, authenticity, again, is a key tenet that runs through it. So it's very much about who I am. This is this is so important to me. And you nailed it when you said, why does it seem like women are afraid to be authentic? I don't think that it is that they're afraid in every area to be authentic. I think they're afraid where they don't have power. And we don't have the parity, as I mentioned in business, to be able to have you know, this sort of do or die. I don't care what they think. I'm just going to say it kind of attitude. And so we edit ourselves and we hold, we let most of it out, but then we hold a bunch back. And I think that's because the power is not equal in those spaces. Well, that's what I was going to say. The rules are not the same for us because I remember being in um, a corporate setting before I left and and started my own business. And I remember when my daughter was born, the first question was, are you going to hire a nanny? And I was like, why is that the first question? Yep. Women not coming in fully authentic should be totally expected under those rules. I mean, mm-hmm. why in the world would I, would I let it all hang out if I know that it's just going to be used against me, right? Mm-hmm. So I get that there is reticence or fear around that. Mm-hmm. I will also say that your power is ignited when you stand in your truth. When you finally decide to step into your truth and say, this is me, all of me, everything you see, everything you hear from me is who I am. And this is what I'm going to stand for. That's also where you ignite your power. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like we're on the precipice of 
I want to do it a certain way, but I'm afraid. And I know that if I do, things are going to change dramatically. And can I handle the change? I just, I wanted to ask you, you mentioned that you're 50. Yeah. And you also mentioned that your demographic that you serve is between 25 and 45. Yeah. So a lot of my clients suffer with um, not feeling relevant Mm. because they're older. Yeah. And their service or their gifts would help women that were younger, but they feel like they can't relate to a younger demographic. Can you share some tips on on how you've managed to capture that demographic in your business? Yeah. So I think it helps that I'm just a big life lover and I'm just sort of... (laughs) No, you have amazing energy and light oh, thank for sure. You. I want to know all the things. I want to know what's happening, what's new, what platform is, you know, popping, where I can jump in and learn and do. And so it's just sort of naturally who I am. Plus I have a daughter who's 23 and she's like the coolest, hippest, you know, like with it kid on the planet. So she keeps me sort of in tune with lots of things anyway, but I'm, I'm naturally curious about all of that. But I'll tell you what was really, really fascinating for me, because I didn't know what my demographic was. I had to actually go in and start analyzing my demographic and seeing who was coming back and who was interested and who was going to my site and who was sending messages and who was reaching out. Like I had to really go into the detail of... of, Sorry to interrupt. So you were not necessarily targeting that demographic. No. They were just attracted to your voice. Okay. I was targeting me, if I'm completely honest. So I I know that my ideal client is much like me. I have cultivated a group of women, my squad, who are very much like me. They're within 10 years. We're all within 10 years of each other somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And we're all real go-getters and world changers and glass ceiling breakers and all of those things. Like this is my squad. So I was speaking to us and everything I did, I was speaking to my people. And so when I started looking into who was actually resonating with my message, who was reaching out, who was taking action, it was really a group that was younger than I was and not by much, but when you look at half my life is where that interest is peaked and where women start to attach. I realized there was something here. There was something going on. And whether it was the way that I, I spoke so authentically and was really quick to like call things out that didn't work for me or um, just my languaging in general, being clear on languaging, languaging is important, right? Using certain words and, and, and staying within a certain vernacular that's comfortable to me, but also lands for another generation. Like I'm clear on that. I'm a, as a speaker, I've had to be really keen and focused on that over the years Mm -hmm. because I have to speak to audiences that are all, you know, ages, generations, demographics, whatever. So I understand the power of languaging, but I didn't realize that my just authentic languaging was attracting these younger women. So a couple of things happened. One, I started to think, okay, this is really, really cool. And wow, I'm, I must be, I must be cooler than I am. That happened. <laughs> that happened. I have to say, oh, I, and, would, I would be saying that to myself. <laughs> well, listen, there's this point where you think, okay, so can I be that cool and young? And the answer is no. The answer is no. 
I am just a cooler, older lady. Like that's what I had to embrace. And I didn't really see, cause I tried, I listen, I tried to be like a cool younger lady, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but the, the difference is, is that I'm a cool older lady that they get, that they, that they connect with. Right. And that is great. And that's wonderful. But here's the thing. What really allowed me to step into it is when I turned 50 and I had, and I was of course like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do this. And, and I know I don't look 50 and that's not, it wasn't about looks. It was about the number and mm-hmm. what it had represented to me my whole life. Anyone that hit 50 was over the hill in my book growing up, right? That was old. That was old. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's so, the middle of life. Totally. Yeah. Well, now I'm totally like, well, I'm sort of at the beginning because I'm living to 120 and I don't know who mm-hmm. you are and what you're doing. So I actually see it very differently now, 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 but here's the deal. I had a friend of mine cause I was really struggling with that number. And she said to me, I need you to understand something. You're officially an elder. What? You don't look like an elder. You don't sound like an elder when you communicate and your ideas and all of that. She used that word elder? Elder. And she said, the sooner that you can embrace that and really be grateful and thankful for that, she said, the sooner you'll be a greater help to the younger women who are following you right now. I just got goosebumps when you said that. It was literally like head explosion. Like I understood. I'm going to start crying, Jen, because really- when you think of it like that, you think about it as aging is a privilege and your wisdom and your knowledge yeah. and everything that you have within you to share is a, pri- oh, I just have full goosebumps. Sorry. And that was it. That did it for me too. That did it because all of a sudden I realized, okay, you know what? It is just a number. It is just a story in my head. I haven't changed from, from honestly, 35 to 40 to 45 to 50, except that I've just become way smarter and way deeper and all of that. But like, I'm still the same person, right? Mm -hmm. What has to change is the way I look at those ages and the way that I look at those markers in time. And I can tell you now, so weirdly, there's now a pre-elder and a post-elder feeling in me. Like I get it. It resonates so deeply in me that my purpose here is to help younger women get to a place of peace, stability, authenticity, bravery, younger than I did. Mm. I get it. I get it. So there's a pre 50 or a pre elder mindset for me and a post elder. Like I really truly understand the value of it. So that helped me not feel invisible or insignificant or like I didn't relate because I decided to just squash that and step into who I really am and understand the value that I bring. And it really was magic when my friend told me. Oh my gosh, that's so powerful. Yeah. I still literally, the chills haven't left. (laughs) Yeah. It got me too. It got me too, because I was, you know, like anybody else, I think I have been chasing youth, you know, uh, I, I'm spend my life on stages. So mm-hmm. I was always chasing youth and chasing, you know, staying relevant and all of that. And although I'm also super interested in all things, young people, like I love new ideas. I love creativity. I love evolution. I love all that young energy, but the truth is I was also chasing youth for myself, you know, Oh my gosh, look at this wrinkle. Now. I mean, my forehead is full of wrinkles. I I'm, it it just sort of look, I'm, I am an elder with incredible wisdom and knowledge to share. And until I can step into that and own it, you know, I'm going to keep chasing. So now I feel like I don't have to chase like I used to, you know, chasing youth is not the same 
it's just not, it's not the same thing for me anymore. You know, that was a mind blowing moment for me because I deal with a lot of women that want to be younger than they are because, well, they come to me for photographs Mm -hmm. and the first question sometimes, well, not all the time, but a lot of the time I get, can you make me look younger? Can you make me look better? Can you make me look like this filter, for instance, that that's a new one. (laughs) Yes. And it hurts my heart because of what you're saying Mm -hmm. there is. And even when I speak to my husband, I used to find this offensive because he used to think that um, Mary Steenburgen and Martha Stewart were the most beautiful women in like in Hollywood or whatever. And, but when we were in our thirties and I was like, they're like, they're much older than you. And he's like, they have such wisdom in their eyes. And I never quite understood what he meant until now photographing an older demographic women between 40 and 55. And then I will have young models come in or actresses, singers, whatever, who are also building their brand and very young and 20. And I see it. I see the light in these and I see what these women bring to the table. And that is why it's my favorite time of the shoot when I reveal the images to them because they see what they see the beauty I see in them because they see what's coming through their eyes. And it's just the most, I'm getting goosebumps again because it's the most fulfilling job that anyone could have because I am showing their beauty back to them. And they finally, with those images, it's like this confidence surge. It's like, that's me. Let's go. And it's the most amazing feeling on the planet. Yes. And you just gave me evidence. (laughs) I love that. I love that. You know, and you're actually reminding me of a colleague that I have. Her name is Debbie Sluss. She's actually out of Canada and she is a professional speaker that works with uh, women and goal setting. She's amazing. But here's the thing. She did not recognize who she was and her power and the mark she's supposed to leave until she was with a photographer who, who found that woman And when they were working together, Debbie was so shocked that she said, I want to be her. Mm -hmm. And it was that transformation of realizing I am her that Mm -hmm. changed her entire life. She left a job that was a nine to five, went into this, you know, position of being a business owner, a professional speaker, helping others live their dream. But it was all because of the picture, because she finally realized, oh, that's me. She saw herself in a different, in a new perspective. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's, It's actually quite powerful. Yes. It is. It is. And I, I think, you know, I have a friend of mine who says, no one does you better than you Mm -hmm. quit trying to be everybody else. No one does you better than you. And I just think there's such power in that, you know, and while we all want to look a different way and feel it, you know, I don't know, be perceived a different way. I think that that authenticity of just being you and coming through with all of your warts and all of your wrinkles and all of your rolls and all of the extras makes us more relatable. I mean, you know, I'm in my pajama bottoms right now while we're doing this interview. Like, That's okay. <laughs> but they're the rest of in pajamas. All made, <laughs> all made up and I've got my little jewelry on, but I've got my Ugg slippers mm-hmm. and my pajama bottoms on. And I say that to you because it just is freedom. That's That's the most important thing I could say. It's freedom, you know, to be ourselves. And let that really the goal, the goal is to be free. 
Yeah. Right. To wake up and just, just be. Yeah. 100%. So Jen, thank you so much. I want you to tell the listeners where they can find you, where can they learn more about you? Oh, and, and the podcast, talk talk a little bit about the podcast. Yeah. So I've got a podcast that is called the Her Story Collaborative, and it's on every major, every major platform. And what I do is I interview trailblazing women who are changing the world. And so whatever that looks like, you know, uh, women who are out there starting nonprofits that are talking about seeing the world through love and kindness. I talk to industry leaders, women who have broken the glass ceiling in technology and are the leading women in that industry. I talk to women who are going up in politics, uh, you know, into the highest levels of politics in our country, uh, who are also wearing a scarf because they're Muslim. I mean, I talk to women who are breaking boundaries constantly. And, and that inspires me, you know, I, I have an organization. So with my speaking and I do this from stages, COVID did a number on the speaking industry, as you could imagine, right? Yeah. No more. Are you virtually? So have you um, replaced your speaking with the podcast interviews? So what I, what I have done is I've transitioned everything to being via zoom like this. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, or go to meeting or whatever it is, right? We do. So I do trainings. I do keynotes via Zoom like this. But I also started the the podcast, which is a webcast and a television show now that I just got picked up from a broadcasting company. So it's actually no on TV as well. I know. Congratulations. So, That's thank awesome. You. Now, did they find you or did you reach out to them or how did so, that work? It, yeah, they found me. It's but it's a friend. I have to make sure that I I say this. So it's a friend of mine. She has a broadcasting company with fifty TV stations around the uh, the world. So wow. it's in fifty international countries. And so she knew that I was doing the the podcast and also doing at the same time simultaneously a web recording of it. And so I was putting them up on YouTube, you know, just because I figured, well, what the heck, it's another part of the brand, get me out there talking, even though I've got a pod, they can see it on web if they're more of a visual person. And she came to me and said, Jen, these are good. This is fun. Your, your subjects that you're speaking to are super rad. Like they're fun and, and fearless and, and the world needs to see this. And I said, well, what are you thinking? And she told me, and I said, yes. So I'm on my second week of them being broadcast around the world. So that's super exciting. So where can we find those? Well, I don't, I don't really have an answer for you because (laughs) we're talking about primarily Europe and Africa. Okay. So it's in these countries that are really, you know, for me, obscure. I've never been to all of them, most of them. Um, So, but what they are doing, which is really exciting is they are creating an app much like Gaia, Mm. which will be seen for us here in, in North America, you know, and we'll have this app where they'll have streaming on the app so people can watch it because it's not even in America. I mean, these stations are all around the world. So the fun thing is I'm all of a sudden hearing from people that are in really cool countries, you know, and reaching out to me and finding me. And so something's happening. I don't know what, but something is happening here, but that's, you know, you can go to YouTube, the Her Story Collaborative on YouTube, okay. and you can okay. see the interviews, which I'll link that up for. Yeah. Um, oh, thank you. Too. Okay. 
Thank you. But where I was going with this is that the podcasts, it was just a natural connection to what I do because I love women who are changing the world and I speak about them from a stage. And now I'm actually having these deep conversations with them. And I've also got a, an Academy for women under the same name, the Her Story Collaborative, where I have these really killer, awesome you know, trailblazing women come and partner with me and they put their training courses onto the platform. So I do some training on the platform that people can watch and buy. I have other experts come on. And so it's not just my voice. I'm amplifying other women saying, hey, this is my house. This is the Her Story Collaborative, but I want you to be seen by my people because when I create success for you, it creates success for all of us, right? Mm -hmm. And so I really have tried to make sure that I'm creating a space for all women to thrive. And even if it's because I'm marketing them to my clients, if it brings them success and and profitability and clients and relationships, then I've done what I'm on this planet to do, which is amplify other women. So it's it's all under this umbrella of the Her Story Collaborative. And it's very exciting. That's You know what? That's what I love about you because I really... I've been listening to some of your talks on Clubhouse too, and yeah. you oh, are just so giving. And thank you. It like you are your your mission is to help other women, and it's so obvious. <laughs> like you are just so open and real. And even that one post that you said, "How do you support local business? How do you support?" You're just all about serving, serving, serving. Yeah. And I am so grateful to have met you, and I am. Mm-hmm. Really, I wish you all the success. Thank you. You are so just much. like I, you are a true light, and I am just, just I am beyond words. Like the, um, oh. sorry, <laughs> it's just you know, it's hard because when you have a a business and you're online, and there's a lot of competition, and there's a lot of yeah. people that will that you think you know have your back, or you think are collaborating with you, and then where you think you have a partnership, you actually have a competition and it's, yeah. it's hurtful. And it's it so nice to see someone authentically wanting other people to succeed and yeah. allowing them, taking their hand, locking arms and saying, come with me. It's, it's refreshing. And I am so glad that we had a chance to chat today. I'm really me grateful too. for you taking the time. That's what I'm all about here in the world. I, I know that when I make space for you, it creates success for all of us. I know this. I know this for certain in my bones. So I am all about helping you create your space. And Aww. we need to get as many lines in the water as we can for you, right? Because the fisherman with the most lines is the one who is able to start jumping into that momentum. And mm-hmm. so that's why I'm I'm really committed to helping women find that space, you know, and and be will and be fearless enough to throw the line in the water so that they can start to get more than they ever have. And that's really important to me. So I will I'll help you any way I can. Oh, and I truly really. believe that. I I feel that for me. <laughs> Yeah, no. You're just an amazing human. I'm so glad that our paths crossed and that we had a chance to connect. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, beauty, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you have a second, please rate, review, and hit subscribe. Don't forget to share a line and hustle with a friend. For more information, be sure to check out the podcast page at www.kathyspence.com slash podcast. 
I hope to see you here again next Tuesday. Talk soon.